It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia, official partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Yes, a very good evening, everyone. Uh, welcome to Sports Day WA with uh, Peter Vlahos, the final one for the week, uh, being Thursday. And uh, as uh, you may know, Sports Day WA runs Monday to Thursday between 5 and 6, all thanks to the Kia EV6 GT World Performance Car of the Year and Toolmart, the complete tool centre serving WA for over 45 years. Uh, very shortly, we'll be uh, launching the top seven stories of the week, thanks to the Kia EV6 GT. Uh, and there's been some significant stories, as we know, during the course of the week, uh, starting on Monday with the Adam Simpson story, which sees him coaching uh, the West Coast Eagles for the final two years of his contract, 2024-2025. Also, Liam Henry, at 22 years of age, deciding to ask for a trade from the Fremantle Dockers. And it appears that uh, all roads are leading at this stage to the Hawthorne Football Club, with Tyler Brockman pretty keen from the Hawks to come back west. Could that be uh, very much part of a trade that will be initiated when the trade period does open? And then we had uh, the other story with Damian Oliver deciding to retire yesterday. Uh, one of the greatest uh, jockeys in the history of Australian horse racing industry, 51 years of age, and will signal his farewell from uh, horse riding in the Perth Summer Carnival a bit later on. We've got those four big races being the pinnacles, and wouldn't it be terrific uh, to see Damien Oliver in all his glory um, in uh, back home here in Perth where he left as a 17-year-old to chase his sporting dream. And as well as that, uh, the other big story is last night, five West Australians in the Australian T20 side. They took on South Africa. Mitch Marsh, given the responsibilities of captain of the Australian T20 team, and plundered a brilliant 92 not out of 49 balls, 13 fours and two sixes in that very big win last night. And Tim David also performed very well. It was the debut for Aaron Hardy. He did okay as well. So it was a terrific performance by Australia and great representation from Western Australia. Uh, it takes me back to have five players in an 11 from WA all those years ago. And it's just come to mind now where WA at one stage had seven representatives in the Australian test team. Can you name them? It goes back a number of years, but WA just dominated Australian cricket and WA is starting to dominate Australian cricket now, particularly in the short form of the game. But can you recall when we had seven representatives in the Australian test team out of the 11? And whether you can name those. Get on the Tempera Bedshed text machine, 0487 736 736, or give us a call, 131255 Bedshed, 
are the experts in temper mattresses, pillows and adjustable bases. Check the range of temper products in store or visit bedshed.com.au. And for the good oil, uh, Cobram Estate, premium Australian extra virgin olive oil. Uh, another story today is that Fremantle came out and delisted uh, two former players uh, that have been to the club for a number of years. Nathan Wilson, who started his AFL career at GWS and then came home here to Perth to play with the Fremantle Dockers, has been sort of in and out in the last couple of seasons. And also Travis Collier, uh, the ex-Essendon player who got picked up by Essendon, played there uh, well over 100 games, then came back to complete his career here with Fremantle, all uh, was told that both Wilson and Collier, that they won't be given contracts for 2024. So they were delisted today. One of the stories, thanks to Cobram Estate, Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil, uh, grown, harvested and first cold pre- pressed in northern Victoria. Five minutes uh, past five, uh, temperate bedshed text machine, name me the seven West Aussies that were in the eleven in a test team all those years ago. 0487 736 736 as we roll in now, thanks to Kia and the EV6 GT World Performance Car of the Year, the top seven stories of the week. Number seven. Came into this side with a reputation. Yeah! Oh, hello, hello. Out given. First ball. What about this from Tanvir Sanga? In the end, Risa Hendricks and Marco Janssen between them had to go, and it's Janssen who suffers. And the leg spinner has four. What a debut. Bowling! Pissed it up, right on target, and that is the job done. Australia win by 111 runs. Yeah, look, I thought everyone chipped in the way we bowled tonight was outstanding. Tanvir was brilliant. Spencer Johnson was really good up front, um, put under a bit of pressure, but that's international cricket. So um, I thought just as a whole, we played a really good team game tonight and we were able to put South Africa on the back foot early on. Mitch Marsh, the captain of the Australian team of blistering innings in the opening T20, has put Tim David also a step closer to adding a spot in Australia's ODI World Cup squad uh, to his growing resume. David smashed, by the way, 64 of just 28 balls in Australia's 11-run win over South Africa and will affect, uh, will stay on after the T20s for the five-match ODI series in the, the Republic. That could yet be an audition for the World Cup in India should injuries continue to hamper the Australians. As I mentioned, Mitch Marsh was outstanding. He made 92, not out of 49 balls, 13 fours, two sixes. Aaron Hardy did very well too. Made 23, came in late, uh, 23 of only 14 balls, three fours and one six. Australia made six for 226 and South Africa 115 all out. Uh, Sanger took four wickets, Stoinis three. I mean, it helps having great teammates. They make my life easy, make my job easy. Um, you know, the stats are what they are at the end of the game, but um, as long as we score more points than them, that's what matters. And did that tonight, so uh, we're good to go. So there you go. That was a good win by the Australian Boomers. Uh, they defeated Japan after falling to Germany in the previous uh, group match at the uh, FIBA World Cup being played in Japan. Germany beat Australia 85-82. The Australians needed to get over to Japan. They did 
109 to 89. And you just heard from Josh Giddy on the back end of that 20-point victory. And, of course, tomorrow night at 10 past 8 our time, uh, they take on Slovenia in a... Uh, make or break game. Good luck to the Boomers as they take on Slovenia tomorrow night. Ten past eight uh, is when it tips off. Number five. Yeah, it's, it is my priority, mate. But like I said, there's no European football. So how am I going to find out about our players? What opportunity would I have to do that other than a, a game? And uh, they're all Tottenham players. I have, they're all part of our club. From my perspective, you know, we're very much at the discovery stage, mate. So I need to find out, you know, but, um, and we need to give the players the opportunity to contribute because that's why they're here. They're not here just to make up the numbers. So. Ange Postacoglu, the manager of Tottenham Hotspur, suffered his first defeat in the League Cup match during the course of the week. They didn't lose in the real sense. They lost through penalties. It was one all against Fulham at Craven Cottage. And he was asked a question by the media because he made nine changes on why he made that many changes. And as you heard from Ange, it was a case of we're not in European football. I've got to see where these players are at. And uh, in the end, that was his answer. They're out of the League Cup and they're back on the EPL Premiership Trail this weekend. Number four. My situation is a little bit more unique in the fact that um, this is my 10th year. And um, we identified as a club two years ago that we're going to transition our list and, and um, you know rebuild transition, whatever you want to call it. And the question was asked then, am I the right man to, to take us through the next phase? And there'll be a time where it's not me anymore, and that's fine. But my brief at the moment is to build the next premiership list and to expose them to where the game is at the moment and where the game's going. And to do that after being here for, for eight or nine years, it's a different feel than getting in a brand new coach and starting from the bottom. So I understand my role and I'm up for it and I'm really keen to see it through. Um, but it's, it's, not, it's not a short-term fix. And he will see it through. Big story that happened just before the start of Sports Day WA on Monday when the West Coast Eagles released a club statement stating that uh, West Coast Eagles board had decided to continue the tenure of Adam Simpson as coach into 2024 and beyond. That was the press conference after the final game in the Home and Away series against the Adelaide Crows here last Saturday night where the West Coast Eagles farewelled three of their champions in Hearn, Shuey and Nat Nui and were beaten by the Crows uh, in a last quarter fade out. And Adam Simpson's reaction was that before, of course, getting the nod. And, of course, that night, for those people that were here, huge uh, supporter uh, backing by all the fans uh, that came out to watch the West Coast Eagles in their final game. That's history now. Adam Simpson is the coach and he'll be working on an improved 2024 campaign. Number three. Back pocket, James Cicely Hawthorne. Full back, Callum Wilkie, St Kilda. Back pocket, Tom Stewart, Geelong. Half back flank, Jack Sinclair, St Kilda. Centre half back, Darcy Moore, Collingwood. Half back flank, Dan Houston, Port Adelaide. On the wing, Josh Dacos, Collingwood. Centre, Marcus Bondapalli, Western Bulldogs. And on the wing, Errol Goulden, Sydney Swans. In the ruck, Tim English, the Western Bulldogs. Ruck Rover, Zach Butters, Port Adelaide. And ruck, Nick Dacos, Collingwood Football Club. Forward flank, Connor Rosie, Port Adelaide. 
centre-half forward, Taylor Walker, Adelaide. Forward flank, Christian Petrarca, Melbourne. Forward pocket, Charlie Cameron, Brisbane Lions. Full forward, Charlie Curnow, Carlton. Forward pocket, Toby Green, GWS Giants. Caleb Sarong, Fremantle. Zach Merritt, Essendon. Jordan Dawson, Adelaide. And Nick Larkey, North Melbourne. So there you go, Glenn Jakovic announcing the All-Australian team for the AFL for 2023. Jacko's been part of the selection panel for the All-Australian for a number of years now, and he just outlined the team. Uh, I know there's been a lot of feedback right throughout uh, SENWA on the breakfast uh, program, the run home, and now Sports Day WA. If you haven't had an opportunity to have your say, by all means, go to it on the Tempera Bedshed text machine, 0487. 736-736. Toby Green, the captain. Uh, do you agree with that? You'll hear from Toby Green a bit later on in the program. Number two. In your yep. time and have over the last 20 years deliberating on who should be in. So, And like you, I used to always say we should be celebrating the people that are in, <laughs> not, the, not the three or four that are out. But trust me, Kane, you will not prevent the pile on tomorrow. I know, but there, there is some terrific stories. There'll be some first-timers yep. in the team and there's some great, stories um, that will come out of tonight. So I hope we, we focus on that as much as uh, I welcome the debate about who's missed out as well. Always some good players. So we'll do that. Brad Johnson will reveal his uh, final All-Australian team tonight. Talking points with him. Jake Nile from The Age, written an excellent piece about the league MVP this year and who it should be. You've always had strong thoughts on that. Yeah, I just think it's become, for, for everything, uh, a midfielder's award. And was really conscious of doing that in the All-Australian meetings to not just pick that many midfielders and recognise players that don't play there because all the individual awards will be dominated by that. So Jake wrote a thought-provoking piece in The Age. We'll get his thoughts on that. We'd love for your calls and for you to join in. News that has broken reasonably recently is that Fremantle youngster Liam Henry has officially requested a trade after four seasons at the Dockers. I'm surprised and disappointed about that. Why so? I don't think it's the right thing for a young kid to leave his club so early. From my understanding, he's from WA. Yeah. He's uh, he's just settled into that club. The club has been uh, sponsoring him and uh, developing him for since he was about 15 years of age. He's been in uh, their Next Gen Academy. And I just think if I was his manager, I mean, unless there's some issue that uh, he's totally upset with, I don't know why you'd be leaving. Mm. I mean, this is a club on the up. You could be playing in an historic first premiership for a club. Now, there's only one group of players able to do that in the AFL now. Unless Tassie comes in, this is the final one. Yeah, and I'm yet to hear the reasons for that. Uh, so Colin Young is... So there you go. Uh, that uh, is the likes of certainly Jared Healy, together with Kane Corns discussing the departure and the request by Fremantle Dockers... Uh, Small midfielder come forward, Liam Henry, deciding a trade request come the end of the season. He wants to go elsewhere. And Healy saying that at 22 years of age, maybe he hasn't made the right decision. And number one is this. Number one. I'm excited about what, what lies ahead. It's, it's going to be really different for me because you live quite a, a routine, sort of structured um, life and it have, has been for so long so yeah it will be a little bit strange and I can understand how sportsmen um, do struggle with that transition um, And but um, I'm really looking forward to the challenge and, and can't wait for what's ahead. You know I, I still feel like I've got the, the passion and and 
the expertise and, and the want to still want to do it on race day, but um, there's a whole grind that goes with that as well. And, and as you get older, it gets a little bit harder to keep that up. But, um, yeah, once once you get there on race day, that, that, that want and... Um, and that thrill of doing it certainly hasn't waned at all. It's great to be recognised from your peers um, that uh, in that in that stead. So yeah, um, and that's probably one of the things I will miss a lot of the banter in the jockeys' room. It's uh, there's a lot of fun in between races, and you know it's a unique sport where um, you're followed around in an ambulance by an ambulance, and then you just go and sit in a room and and take the piss out of each other all day. So um, yeah, I'll miss that a lot, um, but. Um, yeah, I'm sure that I'll I'll be a regular visitor back to the races and, and keep in touch with a lot of them. Yeah, those birds were pretty loud. That was Damien Oliver at the press conference yesterday where he announced his retirement from horse racing, and that'll happen here in Perth, where it all started after he left as a 17-year-old to pursue his sporting dream. Three Melbourne Cups later and many, many other Group 1 wins. Uh, he's coming back to finish it here, where it all started during the Perth uh, Summer Carnival. Just before we take a break, uh, later on we would do a preview of the WAFL finals. Uh, as we know, the two major football events that are happening this weekend is the start of the AFLW season, which happens tomorrow night, and the WAFL finals closer to home. Two big games at Leaderville Oval. We've got the qualifying final between Subiaco and Peel Thunder. We'll speak to Bo Wardman, the coach of Subiaco, who returned to the finals after finishing seventh last season in a major shock, and the return of East Perth to the finals, the first time since 2018. And Ross McQueen, the East Perth footy coach, is going to join us as well. So I'll do a, a deep dive into the WAFL finals. Uh, I threw out that question after five West Australians uh, represented Australia in the opening of the T20 uh, series in South Africa, Mitch Marsh being the captain. And I said there was a situation where there were seven West Australians that represented our country in a test match. And I said, can you name them? Darren said... Yardley, Marsh, that's Rod Marsh, the late Rod Marsh, Kim Hughes, Terry Alderman, Dennis Lilly, Graham Wood, Bruce Laird. There you go, at the Wacker. Uh, we also had uh, Make Seven. Yeah, that's correct. This is uh, Darren. Also, we had Tony of Vic Parkhype, Pete. Here's a few names of West Australian cricketers who played for Australia. This is uh, just an extension, but they weren't in the seven that I was chasing. But Ross Edwards, Graham McKenzie, Johnny Verrerity, Tony Mann, Sam, uh, Sam Gabon, am I on the right track? Uh, Tony of Vic Parkhurst probably means Sam Gannon. Not exactly, but we love it uh, anyway. Thanks for being involved. Peter, my guess, Watson, no. Edwards, no. Lily, Inverary, Malone, Man, Laird. No, nah, Big Al, you're just a bit off, but the, the ones that was mentioned earlier. There was Laird and Wood, Hughes, Yardley, Marsh, Lily, Alderman. Uh, that's from Dominic of Swan View. Uh, it was certainly a magnificent Australian combination. Darren also got through as well. Yardley, Marsh, Hughes, Alderman, Lily, Wood and Laird. Seven West Australians representing uh, this country at test level. We'll take a break, come back with more in a moment. It's 18 past five here on Sports Day WA.